Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, it's me, Cameron. I am currently still in Florida during the quarantine time, but I am joined with a New Yorker, Megan Roop, the founder of the Sculpt Society. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've been talking for a while about, I've been trying to get you on here and I thought when this all happened, I'm like, okay, who do I potentially have access to now at a rate? But as we were just talking about before this started, I feel like we as content creators or people in this space are kind of busier more than ever right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never been busier in my life. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And at the same time, we're also dealing with the entire emotional aspect of everything going on. So I so appreciate you taking the time right now to chat with me and audience and tell us everything about the Sculpt Society because I have so many questions. Yeah, no, I'm so, ha- I'm so happy we finally got this on the book. So thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I do have to say before we kick things off that I have been a big fan of your workouts for a while now, but my mom came up to me yesterday and said, what was that workout you were doing outside that looked so interesting? Like, oh, it's called the Sculpt Society. Like, here it is. And I set it up on her phone, and she did it this morning, and she is a converted woman. So she is your new biggest fan. Oh, I love hearing that. <laughs> she loves it. And um, she's, like, really into all of the beginner and gentle sculpts that are on there. So um, I, lo- I love when moms get involved. That's so great. Yes. She is a workout scene like she can kick my butt in workouts so soon she'll be like perfecting all of your dances and leaving me in the dust yes (laughs) um so to kick things off i love to ask how would you define success yeah um, you know success or the definition of success for me has really changed throughout the years and i feel like as as i get older it'll probably change but i think um you know success for me right now is is just leaning into the things that light me up and really um, make me, um, or, or just leaning into what I feel like I'm called to, to be here to do on this earth. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel so lucky to have finally feel like I, I am in this place of just real flow, um, especially with the Sculpt Society and what I'm doing. And I, I feel um, so at ease and at peace with, with what I am doing. And I, and I feel like I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and that's such a wonderful feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, I really struggled for so many years to, to figure out what it was and what my purpose was. And I think when you finally figure that out, um, it's such a wonderful feeling. It really is. And so I'm curious, obviously I know about the Sculpt Society, but for those listening who have not heard of it before, do you mind giving a quick rundown of what the workout entails and the programs that you offer? Yeah, totally. Um, So I've been teaching fitness for nine and a half years. And um, three years ago, I launched the Sculpt Society really because I felt like there was a a really big gap in the boutique fitness world, specifically within dance-based fitness. I felt like unless you were a professional dancer or had a dance background, you couldn't walk into these classes and feel successful. And I got really frustrated with that and really felt like there should be a class out there, a method out there that was for all levels. um, And that, you know, I I wanted to simplify dance cardio, make it repetitive um, 
and then, you know, combine that with a really fun and effective way of moving. So, you know, my goal is that anyone walks in or, or streams a class and, and feels successful um, within the dance space, fitness space, um, which I felt was, was lacking for so long. So my, my method combines follow along dance cardio and sculpting, um, mostly using your body weight, but of course there's always ways, um, to make things a little bit spicier. Um, and it's, and it's really, um, at the heart of it, this really wonderful community. Um, and, and what my mission with the Sculpt Society is, is to empower women through movement. So, um, with the underlying ethos of wanting women to really feel confident and strong in their own bodies and in their minds. I absolutely love that. And I know cardio is like the thing recently, and I have started to get into it, but you have been a dancer for a very long time, correct? Yes. Dancing my whole life. Um, I started when I was seven and then um, went to university for dance and then ended up dancing professionally um, up until my mid twenties. And then when you stopped dancing, is that when this all formed or was there like a larger transition period that led you to create this? Because I'm just thinking for me, for instance, um, I played lacrosse my whole life and I played it in college. And when I graduated, I don't know if this is kind of what you experienced that led you to do this, but I was at such a loss for what to do to work out because my whole life had been just going to practice or going to a team lift. And now all of a sudden I graduated college and I was working in the corporate world in New York and I had no idea how to actually work out on my own, if that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I was always so jealous of my husband who played basketball in college. He just plays pickup all the time with his friends. And I'm like, that doesn't exist for lacrosse or really for females with most sports, unfortunately. Um, and so there was this, such an odd transition that I had never felt before in my, I guess, athletic life. So I'm curious if that's what drove you to create this. Yeah. You know, I spent so many years, um, just wandering the gym and not knowing what to do and, and really approaching fitness in all of the wrong ways that most females do when we think that we need hours of cardio. So I would, I would just spend my, most of my time on a treadmill, hating it, hating Mm -hmm. every moment of it. And it wasn't until I discovered dance-based fitness and started teaching fitness myself while I was dancing professionally, um, just as a side hustle. And, to support myself living in New York city. And, um, it wasn't until I just discovered that way of moving that I realized that fitness could really be a joyful way. Um, and a, and a, a way to feel good. So that took me a really long time (laughs) to discover that fitness didn't need to be, um, this, this torturous activity. Um, and so I think for my number one tip for people, whether that's a hit class, a yoga class or a dance-based fitness class, it's like really taking the time to find out a way of moving that feels really joyful for you, because that's going mm-hmm. to really just change your entire approach to, um, to fitness and your body and, and how it all makes you feel. Because at, at the end of the day, it's about feeling good and feeling strong. I totally agree. And I'm someone who, I thoroughly love exercising for the most part, and it's a huge release, and it really, really helps my mental health, but I am someone who, if I'm not enjoying the workout I'm doing, I refuse to do it. Like, I know everyone loves spinning, and the soul cycles, the flywheels, people are obsessed with them. I physically dislike being on a bike. Like, I am locked in, and it, yeah, it just drives me crazy being locked onto a machine, and 
I'll never spin because of that reason. Like, obviously there are rare circumstances where I might do it for some specific reason, but I think that if we are exercising and we're putting in the time and the effort, we should be enjoying ourselves. It should not be some grueling process that we hate and dread going into. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the same way. My fiance loves, loves a, a good spin and I'm, I'll do it with him and it's, it's not terrible, but I, I, I find very small amount of joy in it. <laughs> I do too. Absolutely. Um, and then I am curious. So with the Sculpt Society, you, how did this grow into what it is today? Because I know, obviously, I live in New York where your main presence is, but I feel like you're everywhere. Like to me, you have blown the hell up, which I'm so excited to see, but I'm curious how this all happened and what that growth was like. Sure, yeah. You know, I, when I launched the Sculpt Society three years ago, um, I was really lucky because it was at a time in New York City um, that there were all of these different incubator spaces popping up. And so, you know, again, I felt really lucky that I didn't have to stress over a studio and the brick and mortar and mm-hmm. the into that. And I could really explore building my own Sculpt Society community within another studio. So I started teaching. Um, and, and I think a lot the, the misconception is I think people see me and they're like, oh, this just happened overnight. And it really didn't. You know, I started with two or three people max in these classes in the beginning. And I think the difference is I knew I had created a really solid program that was mm-hmm. mindful and, and that had all the things that I wanted. It was fun. It was effective, all these things, but I needed the community. And so when I started and I would have two or three people or maybe no one would show up, um, I really was mindful about creating the best experience for those two or three people and knowing that word of mouth is so powerful. So I think so that was powerful. So powerful. And so that was step one for me, you know, like, in the early days, it gave me the opportunity to test things out, to, you know, make sure the flow was good, to build my own confidence. Um, and then the other thing that, you know, is just super impactful is as a millennial, you know, I knew the power of social media. And so mm-hmm. I still do this. And I did this back in the day. Um, I would just DM people, yeah. <laughs> would DM influencers, models, I would DM literally anyone I could think of and just tell them my story in a quick note and say, hi, you know, my name is Megan Roop. I just started teaching this fitness class. I'd love to have you in class sometime. And that was like early days. That's honestly, that was the only way I really knew how to spread the word was A, making sure everyone in my class was having the best freaking time ever. And then B, uh, social media. Um, you know, I didn't start out with a lot of followers. I, I, you know, I had like 300 followers when I started and just really knew that that was an important aspect of the business and how powerful social, social media can be to spread the word. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm still totally in that boat where even like getting people on my podcast, there's so many people I want to talk to. And you know, following isn't what makes me want people on my show, but like I still shoot messages to people that are such long shots who I love and would die to have a conversation with because you never know. Like you really never know who's going to open that DM and respond. You would be surprised at the people I've, I have reached out to and they've read the message and will DM me back. And and I'm shocked. Yes. Um, Also, I think the power in following up, like sometimes it requires the four or five follow-ups, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I have no shame in a follow-up. I'm like, hey, just checking in on the below. <laughs> Um, and I think, um, I think people need to realize that, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't just happen. You kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of sometimes just have to, you know, be really, um, I don't know. You have to follow up. (laughs) Yeah. Persistence. I mean, and exactly what you said on like the misconception of this happening overnight, it's a, so reassuring to hear you say that I knew that that was the case, but there, there's always this reference that I make to this Lizzo Instagram that she posted once. I guess it was like last year when she won a bunch of Grammys and everyone's like, Lizzo came out of nowhere, like an overnight success story. And she's like, I worked my ass off for, I forget the amount of years, but a large amount of years, like had no money, was living in my car, was like paying my last dollar to rent out a studio time. Like this is not what overnight, this is quote unquote overnight success nowadays. And I think people are so easy to look at anyone who's made it in a sense. And I think maybe it's the jealousy. I don't know, but like, Oh, this came so easy because you're not seeing the like empty classes, as you mentioned, or the, the first classes with just three people in there, you know? Yeah, and, and, and the faith that you really have to have in, in what you're doing, right? I think um, it can be you've got, you have those hard days where no one shows up or you've got two people in class. And it's, I think what got me through it is I just knew. I knew I had created something special, and I knew if I could just get people to come in and experience it, they, that they would come back. So I think there's also that underlying faith in, in what you are doing and 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 all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, also I think people forget too that like, you know, years of, of my, you know, dance background, dancing since yeah. I was <laughs> seven, um, you know, auditioning and being told no over and over again. And, you know, I think that all just builds a little bit of character. I think for the people who have overnight night success, I think that's awesome. But at the same time, I think um, there's some character building that comes in with, with some failures, which I think is, is okay too. I totally agree. And I think that there's grit in those type of people, which it's clear you have that. And it's one of my favorite characteristics that my dad and I talk about this a lot. Um, But there is just that built in mentality of not giving up. And when you believe in yourself and you believe what you're doing, eventually, hopefully, like the cards land. Yeah. And it works. And I think a lot about, you know, now I get a lot of DMs of, you know, a lot of people love to start food accounts, which I obviously was one of them as well. Um, and a lot of people who are just starting reach out and they're like, how did you, you know, grow your following or how did you do this or where did you start? And I think back to all of the things that I did now, I'm like, I cannot believe I did that. But I used to like on the weekends at my family's place at the Jersey Shore, wake up at six in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, make like a hundred yogurt parfaits, a hundred overnight oats, a hundred smoothies, put them in a cooler in the back of my dad's car and go sit on our like main street at the beach where everyone walks in the morning at like seven to 9 a.m. and just hand them out for free. And and I'm like literally just trying to spread awareness of Freckled Foodie and what I'm trying to do. And it was while I was still working in sales and trading full time. So the weekends were like my one downtime. And that was when I wanted to get up at six and like cook free meals for people, which now I think back, I'm like, well, what the hell was I doing? Yeah. But you're <laughs> just so passionate. You're like blind to it, if that makes sense. I think I love that though. I think that's a really great message of like a side hustle. I also for a long time worked in for eight years, actually was a fit model in fashion. So I worked with designers on how clothing fit. It was really my bread and butter. It paid the bills and it allowed me to continue to dance professionally and teach fitness. And I think, um, I think that's mm-hmm. also a really 
great takeaways. Like maybe, you know, I think the idea of like completely starting a business from scratch is really overwhelming. So I think having a side hustle, like have that passionate side hustle, grow it, but also have that, that job that's like going to pay the bills. And you, you grow your side hustle big enough to where you can eventually leave. I mean, I, it's, most people don't know this, but I side hustled in, I was a fit model until March of 2019, like this past March. So it's only been a year of like mm-hmm. full-time empl- employment in fitness, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's also, we have very similar start dates then. Mine is technically two years ago. I quit, but my yeah. March was like my kind of, I had a bad accident in March. So I was on leave right after, but April was my leave day. But March was like when the realization came that I was going to do this full time. Yeah. And, and you know, that takes time. And um, again, it's like giving yourself the sustainability and the, and the um, structure of that other job that can pay the bills. And also mm-hmm. it, it kind of alleviates the pressure on the creative side so that you're not your financial stability yes. is all in this like creative endeavor. Yes. Every now and again, I think back on the times where I wasn't completely stressed by freckled foodie stuff because it wasn't the thing that was paying the bills. And I definitely reminisce on that time. Um, but I know we talked a lot about your grit and determination and just passion for this, but I'm curious what your favorite characteristic is about yourself. You know, it's so funny um, as a dancer, a performer and a teacher, I'm like, you know, at the front of the class or on stage, mm-hmm. but I'm actually like naturally an introvert. And I think, um, I think I'm just a really great listener. Like I can, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And and I find, um, you know, I I think, yeah, I think I'm a good listener. And it's really funny you say that because the first time I took your class, I took it at Energy Studios. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, I try a bunch of classes, but I typically stick to like the ones, I just get in kind of this like structure routine where it's just easy for me. I don't have to worry about, looking at a calendar for new times or booking, it's just this thing. And so rarely am I meeting new instructors, but when I do, I always kind of take note of their energy because that's huge for me. Um, I'm a big, like instructors make a huge difference in my opinion. And you walked around the entire room and introduced yourself and came up to me and you're like, I don't think I've ever seen you before. Like, is this your first time? And it was just so, first of all, I have such respect for any instructor how the hell you remember all these people's names? I will never understand. Um, I'm working on that. So I remember I, faces. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good with faces, but names, I'm I'm pretty terrible at. But like, even just that, you were like, I don't think we've met, and we hadn't. Um, but I so appreciated that. And then after class, you were like, Hey, like, how? How? What do you think? It was just so. It was that extra level yeah. that I think a proved that you are a listener, but b I think it's shows how you've built this community that you were referencing in the beginning. Yeah. And you know, and that's like a really, it sounds so small to people like, Oh, you just like greeted people. But again, (laughs) in this boutique fitness world, there's just, I've, you know, I've been a client at so many different spaces and classes and, you know, I would walk in and I would feel intimidated and no one would greet me. And I was just like, why people are paying a lot of $35 a class to be there. Like, you know, it is so important to me that every single new person or, or you know, regular client walks in and feels mm-hmm. welcome and, and feels seen. You know, like, I see you. I know you're working hard. And also, like, at the end of class, yeah, like, how did that go? I, 
I freaking sweat my butt off. Like, how was it for you? Yeah. Uh, I sweat my ass <laughs> off too. But it's just, it's a small thing that not a lot of people do. And I just think it's so important. I agree. And I'm curious how you feel because I know, especially right now, online streaming is huge because we're all home. And yeah. so I think it's incredible that you, and very fortunate in this time that you had the system already set up. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how you feel in general about online streaming fitness, because I think part of us, we're, mo- we're definitely clearly moving in that direction. And I think it's amazing and it makes it accessible for hopefully everyone. But I do think that there's a level of boutique fitness that brings the community and the class aspect. And I'm curious what that middle ground is because I love both to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I extremely fortunate. I launched um, my app November 2019, so five months ago. And perfect timing. I, yeah, I mean, it's just kind. I mean, knock on wood. I I'm so grateful that I was able to provide that. But I, um, what's funny is I think the middle ground is. I also was working on the live aspect of my app right before COVID happened. And I think literally the week it happened, I started, I canceled my Sunday class and I said, okay, well, I have to go live for my living room. And I think the, the mm-hmm. big bit for me is, yeah, I had, um, I had this online platform, but how can I make my community feel like I'm bringing them into my world? And I think that's, literally working out from my New York City living room live and giving people just like they would in New York City, they would come to my class at 10 a.m. on a Saturday to work out with me. Well, now you can do the exact same thing, but we're live streaming um, from my living room. And then afterwards, I'll grab my coffee and like people will write in little comments and we'll have this like interactive dialogue, which um, has for me, I think that's been the middle ground because at home fitness, of course, is so amazing, so fantastic that it's on demand. But I think for people who are craving the the need, the you know, like it's live. If you miss it, you miss it. And I think mm-hmm. they got to show up, and um, it's helps people. I think the overarching message messages I've been getting has that people are just thankful that I'm doing the lives on the app because it it forces them. To get up, start moving, and and also feel the community aspect of it. Of course, I think being held accountable is huge for people, and I do think that's why we will never go a hundred percent at home because I don't think everyone has that ability to wake up and say, "Okay, I'm going to work out right now." You know, they need that. I'm going to sign up and prepay, and therefore the money is hanging over their head of like, I have to get out of bed, otherwise I'm losing that dollar amount. I know for me, like I will never, ever pay a cancel fee. I will get my ass that studio no matter what it takes. Um, But I also think that the community is so great. And I think you've done such an incredible job of providing people the ability to still do your workouts right now while still maintaining that interaction. And even the like on-demand aspects of your workout, you still feel so connected with you as an instructor in in a way that I hope that doesn't sound weird, but you know, your intro and you're talking to us throughout the workout and there still is that community feeling, even though the user might be alone. Yes. And very intentionally, you know, I, I, when I am film, filming any of the workouts, like I really am, am channeling those people and, and, you know, the community coming in and um, I really want it to feel, you know, I'm facing the camera. You're not, you're not seeing my, just my back, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there to like, talk you through it and also know that like 
I'm, I'm going through the movement this, in the same way that you are and, and feeling all the things um, that you're feeling. So yeah, I, I think it's also really important how you film your workouts. And, and um, for me, of course, that big aspect was making people feel like I was there in their living room with, with you. And we're like, we're, we're friends because we are, we're virtual friends. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> like when I DM people sometimes, I'm like, I literally think all these people are my friends and I don't know <laughs> if I would recognize them crossing the street. Um, but I'm also curious. I'm someone who, especially like in the past I've, I've mentioned this to my husband and my mom I'm actually very jealous of fitness instructors because you know while I would love to think and I, I do believe I've built an incredible online community with my audience I don't have the ability to weekly spend time with them in person which I think mm -hmm. fitness instructors do where you know you're seeing these people day after day or week after week and you're having such a large impact on their life face to face and I am really jealous of that um, so I'm curious if right now, are you, is that something that you're missing the most? I just feel that would be really hard for me personally. Yeah, I think that the community of, of you know, TSS people who are coming to the, like my New York crew that comes in, or even when I do pop-ups, like you said before, it's, there will, it, it will never be a hundred percent online because there is something so special about that like human face-to-face -face contact and feeling that energy. And I absolutely, um, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely craving that for sure. <laughs> I think what's, but again, what's been helping me is are these lives. There is something mm -hmm. about knowing and seeing when like thousands of people are showing up live for you. You're like, Oh, like, wow, this is, Oh, I'm sure this is bigger than my, my 40 person class on a Saturday. There's something yeah. kind of, more impactful about that. <laughs> That's true. It does allow for a larger reach. And something also I always wonder with fitness instructors, because you're an instructor, and I respect the shit out of this, that during the class, you're actually doing the entire workout, Yeah. Um, which blows my mind. Because <laughs> when I can't do it, I'm like, okay, well, like when I'm in classes like that, I'm like, if the instructor is doing it, I have to also be able to show up. Because yeah. Yeah. really hard on your body given how much you're instructing. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But I do think, again, that's part of the method and part of, um, you know, as a dancer, that's, we were, there's something again about that community feel and um, it would feel a very, like a very different class if I was facing mm -hmm. everyone, like shouting at you. That's just not, <laughs> it's just not the Sculpt Society way. Like it's definitely, there's something about like, we're all in this together and we're all like going to get stronger together. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, listen, it's also my workout. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not supplementing it with more things. Like, it's it's absolutely, um, it's a freaking hard class. And um, I also, like, that gets to be my workout, and I get to check that off, too. That's true. It's a double whammy. Yes. <laughs> and then given, obviously, I know it's hard to predict anything right now, given the circumstances, but I'm curious where you see the future of the Sculpt Society going, like, putting COVID aside? Yeah, you know, I think, again, my my biggest concentration right now is digital. I would I would just love to continue to grow the community. Um, I really want to do a big TSS, um, like, cross-country tour where I'm, like, stopping at different cities and, and getting to do, like, large-scale pop-ups so that mm -hmm. I can really connect with, with um, that TSS fam community, maybe in Chicago, that, like, 
is, is working out with me on the daily. And now I finally get to like see them in person. I think there's something really special about that. And I've, I've done smaller pop-ups for the past two years, um, consistently, but I, I'd love to make it a little bit bigger and, um, make it more of like a big, like a large scale event. Um, so I think in the next year, I think those are the two big things. It's just really continuing to spread the message about the Sculpt Society app and then having touch points around the country doing these big pop-up classes and, and making time afterwards to be able to spend time with everyone who showed up and, and you know, have like a, I don't know, like a sweaty happy hour afterwards or something like that. <laughs> I love that. And honestly, it was something I was kind of in the midst of doing before all of this. I had... I hosted a few events in Manhattan and I then like did one in Philly and I started to get questions on whether I was going to do them in other cities. And so I did a Boston event. I did a DC event. I recently did a Chicago event and there's just something to meeting all of these people who you're constantly, you know, for you, you're working out with them regularly through an online platform or a pop-up. And for me, I feel like I'm constantly, and you probably are as well, but DMing people Mm -hmm. um, throughout the day. And it was so incredible to actually get to put a face to an Instagram handle and actually like spend time with these people. And I will say Chicago showed the hell up. They have like such a, Oh my God. I so totally insane. They are super enthusiasts and they show up. They show up. I was hosting, co-hosting an event with my friend, Sari, who lives there. And we opened it for like 35 people and it sold up in two hours. And so we ended up like totally reconfiguring the event and make, doubling or tripling the size. And I don't know if it's because they have this like kind of booming wellness interest without the resources. Cause like New York is interestingly enough, I find one of the hardest places to host an event because yeah. there's an event that people can go to every single day if they want. And so the demand is there but so was the supply. And in Chicago, I just think there's such a lack of supply that people hop on it. And I loved everyone there. It was amazing. Yeah. No, I know. I've had, I mean, oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's the background. Um, yeah, I think there's so many great cities out there. I've had great um, responses, even in like Atlanta, Austin, San Francisco, like these, these hubs of wellness hubs that I think um, don't necessarily have um, access to what we have in like New York and LA. No, I totally agree. And I think that will be a huge hit. And especially given everything that's going on right now, people are going to crave so intensely a sense of community Mm. and it'll just add to everything that you're bringing. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. And then, of course, um, to close, I do bring it back a little bit to food. Yeah. I'm curious what the three ways to your heart are through food. So the things that just really get you and excite you, and it can be as specific or generic as you like. Sure. I mean, oh, I love Mexican food. So like, Same. you know, like a cheese quesadilla or like, a. honestly, these are like five-year-old like finger foods but like a cheese <laughs> or like um a bean and cheese burrito yeah. um I loved if you follow me I am always talking about tortilla chips love tortilla chips so like chips and guac oh I could have every mm-hmm. um and then I think there's a real sp- soft spot for me with pancakes I used to make pancakes growing up with my grandma and um I just love I love fluffy pancakes with butter and like warm syrup <laughs> I love pancakes. Yeah. So that, I mean, those are, those are like, I think the three, I would say like, yeah. 
Or just Those like- are great answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of nachos lately in Florida. My mom, like for us, our snack, you know, like the after school snack that everyone had before practice, like we'd get them from school. We'd have 20 minutes before we had to like go off to practice and we would just put Tostitos on a plate with like massive, massive mounds of cheese and microwave it and call it nachos. But like every single day we had it without fail. And so while I've been in Florida with my family, we've been doing like glorified nachos with like a huge sheet, like pan sheet of chips and then ground beef Mm. and romaine and jalapenos and queso and guac and salsa. And they are so freaking good. So good right now. It's so good. Love like a juicy hamburger, cheeseburger. Yes. Um, In and out. There's also like a hamburger habit in, in California where I'm from. So like, those are, those are, yeah, a good burger. I, really I've never been to Hamburger Habit, but I have gone to In-N-Out once, and I was very, very pleased. So I need to get back to California and try Hamburger Habit. <laughs> yeah, do not miss it. It's great. I won't. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. It was so much fun getting to chat with you and pick your brain on this. And for everyone listening, um, they can follow you. It'll be in the show notes, but on Instagram, at Megan Roop, and then the Sculpt Society also, and all put all the links in for the app and your website and for everyone to go check out your workouts. Amazing. Yeah. And I still have that 14 day free trial on the app. So if you haven't tried it, go check it out. Um, And I'm pretty sure you'll love it. It's amazing and highly worth it. Obviously the free trial, but the subscription, it's all worth it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Of course it was so fun. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie. 